podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. I'm joined by Ben and Dan. Uh, just us three this week. We don't have any special guests, hopefully again soon. Um, and we're just going to talk about all things Arsenal really over the last week or so. Um, so first of all, we beat Chelsea, uh, which I don't think, although we predicted it necessarily, we saw coming. Um, 1-0 victory. Didn't really sort of put pressure on them, sort of earn it, sort of definitely sort of lost out on possession and everything like that. But a win's a win, uh, Dan. Yeah, a win's a win. Um, can't really say it was a stylish victory. Um, we, I kind of cursed it as well before because I said, oh, I can see goals in this game. I can see so many, lots of opportunities. And it was a, it was a very cagey affair and uh, lots of, just very frustrating moments from Arsenal because we struggled to progressively attack with the ball. And when we did get the ball in those positions, it it didn't really come off for us, apart from an absolute horror error from uh, Jorginho, which we capitalised on. You've still got to score them. And Smith Rowe very nearly didn't score it. And um, But credit to him and Aubameyang for getting there and the Arsenal pressing and we defended well in the um, dying embers of the game. So, yeah, a win's a win. We move on and hopefully we can capitalise upon this and get um, two more wins in our final two games of the Premier League season. Yeah, it was a really interesting one because I think if Kepa hadn't have touched it, we would have had a indirect free kick from the six-yard box, which mm. we know how hard they are to score. So we're quite thankful we actually palmed it away and... <laughs> Bobby Yang capitalised and Smith Rowe somehow managed to get it despite kicking the ground and deflecting it off his own uh, left foot um, although we won results necessarily didn't go away in the other games that how we needed it to um, and Europe still looks quite unlikely Everton although they lost the other day still have a game in hand the sort of Villa fans for tomorrow Um it's out of our hands, but we have to win our next two. Um, is Palace an achievable victory? We've sort of seen the Roy Hodgson news. Uh, he's leaving. They've got nothing really to play for except for position. Is this, is this a sort of game that we just need to go and attack and go and score three or four and just, just be comfortable with it, Ben? Yeah, I mean, Palace have got, what, 44 points, I think, at this point in the season. Um yeah, something. Their best, their best returns forty nine. So I mean, if they win both their last games, which is home to us and then away to Liverpool, um, they'll finish on fifty points. So I mean, that's that'll be the best of a season. So there's, there's an incentive there. And obviously, Roy Hodgson leaving. It's a bit. The, the news coming out is a bit of a weird time. But um, yeah, Roy Hodgson leaving could give them a bit of a, a boost, I suppose. But at the end of the day, it, should, it is a game where if we have any aspirations of being in the top four, we should be winning three or four now comfortably. Yeah, it's 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 set itself up to be quite an interesting, excuse me, final two game weeks. We know Man City have won the league. Top four is 
well, it's not wrapped up because sort of you think Liverpool and Liverpool sort of yeah. challenging there somehow. But you look, I mean, seventh. I mean, technically, we, the best we can do is sixth, which pr- is providing Spurs lose both their games, as do West Ham and Everton, which is unlikely. Um, but is is seventh, which I think will be the Conference League. Is that an aspiration now, or is it? I know we've joked, we've had we've had this discussion many times, but is it is that the best thing that can happen to us, or is it just? We've got to, at all costs. We've got to push for it. Um, we've got to try and finish as hard as we possibly can. That's a matter of the fact. No one in the Arsenal dressing room will be going, oh, a year out, let's try and aim for that. They'll be aiming to win those final two games and we've got to just try as hard as we can, try and beat Palace and Brighton as convincingly as possible. Let's try and end off a very underwhelming in a season to forget. Um and just win the final two games, win them for the fans, win it for um, just any kind of hopes we can have. Like, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, teams could lose these final games and we could end up being in that, in, in that argument for top seven, top six. I mean, I mean, like you say, stranger things have happened. It's very unlikely, but um, we just have to try our very hardest and I'd say play our strongest side. Maybe... Play Edegaard in those final two games, maybe give him a chance to um, increase his value, give him a chance to show if he wants to to actually stay at the club next season. That that'll be an interesting one over the summer to see. Um, I don't think Sabayas will be staying. Well, I mean Sabayas won't be staying, but I don't think he should be playing in those final two games as well. No. But yeah, that's that's another argument to kind of have. Like those players we know or we are very like confident will be leaving the summer should they be playing for Arsenal again but it's an interesting debate and it's it's not like we're leaving out strong players sort of Luis won't Luis said he's leaving we know that he's injured he probably won't play the next two Sabas has announced his intention to leave I mean you might see him play just in terms of rotation and rest it's sort of we play Wednesday Sunday Bellerin mm, so there's a lot of options but we we need to win our games, as we said, and we need to other results to go away. You're looking at Wolves winning tomorrow night, Villa winning tomorrow night. I mean, you do with West Brom winning, but West Ham, I mean, I think almost that step above us this at the moment. Um, it's a really interesting one. Palace is... We've struggled against them recently over time. I think it's fair to say. I know we've picked up some results here and there. But we've had, I think, was it last season the goal disallowed or Socrates should have had a penalty that wasn't given. We've, we've not enjoyed it against Palace. Um, how do you see this one going, Dan? Is it because it's it's a meaningless game for both of us in in the grand scheme of things, but for us, it's it's a still shot of Europe. It's yeah, no, it, it's I don't know how I see it going to be honest because uh, I I just. I mean, there's not really any pressure on us, so I hope we'd be able to just go ahead and win. So, <laughs> if only if it was that simple. But um, I'd say I'd hope we'd go for a, a strong side as strong as we possibly can. Um, try and play the youngsters. Try and play players we want at the club, and just try and go for the victory. I think there's there's some very dangerous players, Alice. 
you look at the likes of Eze, Zaha, as we all know about, um, those are probably the two names that stand out. But, um, I mean, Arsenal, it's, it's just a question of who, who do you play in those final two games? Because last season, we had an, an FA Cup final to look forward to. And that was very much in the forefront of everyone's minds as to um, the final games of the season, kind of, let's just play, get momentum going to these cup finals. But it's it's really, really like nothing games. It's like these games, apart from the slim chance of getting into Europe, um, don't mean anything for us because yeah. like it's not fitness. It's not with anything left to do because once these... If anything, it's these players trying to get themselves in contention for their European squads. But there again, they should already be picked and kind of finalised. So it is really just unfortunately too, it's that time of the season. And hopefully next season we'll have many more things to to look forward to when we can hopefully invest over the summer. And then by the end of it, be maybe potentially domestic finals in the shot for certain places and trophies, which, which is where we should be. Yes. It just it just feels like a low, like just a bit of lull. Sort of, yeah, yeah. You want these two games over and done with, and then look forward. Um, the only thing to look forward to, the only thing to look forward to, is the final game of the season when fans will be back, and I believe fans will be back in the um, Crystal Palace game. So that that will be some form of excitement for the players, some sort of um, excitement for where we can well to try and push us on, try to drive us on. So yeah, that's all we can really say about the game. Um, David Luiz has been announced that he'll be leaving the club um, currently injured sort of makes sense um, hopefully that is a pathway to breed in Saliba give him some first team experience next season um, I don't think anyone can complain he's, he's had an okay time at Arsenal he's all got better this season a bit but I mean I don't think anyone, any of us can complain or sort of think that the wrong decision has been made Ben I mean, he's been what David Luiz has always been. You know, a good defender when he's played well and an absolute shambles when he hasn't. Um, everyone will forget. It's, it's a lot like Xhaka. Everyone will forget the good game because there'll be the occasional shambolic performance. You know, I'm thinking about Manchester City when we lost 3-0. Um, you know, Wolves when he got sent off. Those sorts of performances that you just sort of look at and go, well, that's David Luiz for you. But he has been very, very good around that. Um, we have really needed his long-range passing um, from defence because we really lack a lot of ball progression. And, we, we, you know, he's been a good leader for the youngsters, I think. I think a lot of them have gone on record and said, you know, David Luiz has been really helpful for me um, coming through to the senior team. So I think his presence we missed around the dressing room. Um, I'm not sure how much we missed on the football pitch, but it was certainly missed around the dressing room. Is he someone that we have a natural replacement in in terms of filling that gap in centre-backs in Saliba or... Do we need to go out and sign another one? If I mean, I don't know if you saw Arteta's quote today about Saliba. It, it wasn't convincing. It was. He's like, yeah, he'll, he's our player. He'll be in and around it, but we'll sort of have a talk with him about how much of a role he'll play, which worries me. People, uh, people still forget though. He is Saliba's only what nineteen twenty. He's still very very young. He's still got a long way to go, and he's still. Like he still needs to, like we as as Arsenal fans and the the success we've had with uh, Emil Smith Rowe, Bukayo Saka, and uh, some of the youngsters in and around the first team that we have at the moment. There's an expectation that 
when you hit these ages, you should be performing to these standards. And I think some players like Saliba, for example, he can't be like so like, I think in some ways Arteta is protecting the player because it's at that stage now with Saliba where he's coming in and he's got this massive reputation, people saying he's the Mbappe of centre-backs. Like you, like, you still need to give the kid time. And he, he's, I don't think he is the natural replacement for David Luiz. I think he will play some games with Gabriel, but I think it will either be Rob Holding, Pablo Mari, and maybe Chambers that kind of are next to Gabriel in there. And then Saliba will, I think, be eased in. And if he's exceptional in that easing in process, then Arteta won't have a choice but to play him. Yeah, it's... It's a weird one. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went for another centre-back. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I've seen a lot of links with um, Wacky Manderson, the, Fulham, the guy on loan at Fulham from Leon. Um, we were linked with him a couple of years ago as well, weren't we? And he sort of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we two-person deal with Dennis Pratt, who's at um, Leicester. Sampdoria, we wanted them both. Yeah. And then nothing happened. Leicester got Pratt, Leon got um, yeah. Anderson, and then... He sort of was there for six months or a year or so, then went to Fulham and has done reasonably well. And obviously, sort of a bit of a risk signing centre back, although he's been performing well from a team who got relegated, is a worry. Um, but as a cover, I don't think anyone would necessarily complain. Um, just before we give our prediction for the Palace game, talk of a takeover, um, uh, sort of unsurprisingly, that a 1.8 billion reported fee um, was rejected by the Cronkies. It was sort of reported earlier in the week that uh, Eck hadn't made a bid. He then corrected that, put a statement out on Twitter saying that he approached the club with a bid, but Josh Cronkey rejected it. Interesting that it was Josh rather than Stan, um, I think, in the statement. Um, I don't know. It's we're, We're not surprised. He said that it's sort of, he still wants the club and the offer's still there if the Cronkies ever want to sell. But it wasn't, there was no sort of talk of, right, I'll go back with 2 billion, 2.1 billion and sort yeah. of see sort of 1.8 was reported it's lower than what they paid for it. Has the hype hype of Daniel Eck sort of died down now and we've all sort of forgotten about it and moved on? Potentially. I mean, I we hear certain things that the Cronkies are prepared to to spend this summer. The um, AFC Bell coming out saying that um, he's, well, it's quoting that the Cronkies are prepared to do something exceptional this summer. And uh, you're going to have to see it to believe it. I mean, the thing that um, interested me mostly about Daniel X's statement was saying that um, Josh Cronkie, in his response to the bid, said that they don't need the money. And well, obviously, as multi-billionaires, they obviously don't need the money. Yeah. But surely everything has a has a price. And if they're only keeping the club for the money, but they don't need it, then maybe that is signs that they are going to spend this summer. And once again, like Arsenal fans will question, why now? Like, why have you not done it in previous years? Um, it's, just, it's just going to be a really interesting... I don't think this is going to be the last we hear of Daniel Ek. Um, but this summer, potentially the Cronkies. Like, I don't know. I've got a weird feeling now that at the, at the start, like the only danger with the Cronkies was about the European Super League, and that was massively, I think, the last draw for a lot of people. But 
for me as a fan, if Danuet came in, then I'd be I'd be happy. I, I'd I'd feel satisfied with that. But if the Conkey stay, then I don't think I'd feel completely disappointed now because I don't know. There seems to be just a lot of talk going on around them and spendings at the club this summer, which I think we'll have to wait and see. I think if they say they have to spend, but spend it in the right places, it's all well and good sort of signing mm. teams and players. But when you look at some of the deals we've done, haven't worked. Pepe, 17 million, has done okay this season, but hasn't hit the heights he was doing. Willian on 100k a week hasn't worked. Mm. There's a lot of stuff and it's, we need to address the areas. And this is where I think Arteta needs to be involved more than Edu because his deals haven't worked. The stuff with Kia Drabshun hasn't worked. And Arteta needs to know where he needs to improve. It's, I think we need to give them a summer. And if they don't produce bigger than summer, then we need to amp up the pressure even more. Yeah. Um, I think the, cron- the, cron- the issue I have with the Cronkies is it's not that they haven't spent, because they have spent a lot of money on this side. Yeah. It's easy to get, you know, the 35 million that Xhaka cost, the 35 million that Mustafi cost, obviously Pepe was 72 million and whatever. The issue that I have is the the people that they put in place to try and make these things happen. So Yorau Sanielis, you know, when we had Kia around, um, Hasfami, all these all these people that are either good enough to do the job they get rid of or clearly not good enough to do the job and not experienced in the roles. That's where I think they need to be held to account because I think that it's all well and good spending the money, but as you say, they can point to how much money they spend. They can point to saying, "Oh, we spent we spent this on Pepe, it didn't work." But then they haven't really looked at why it didn't work and what they're going to do to change that, which is something that actually needs to happen for us to make any progress in the club. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of areas I think we need to improve. We can do a whole different video um, at the end of the season of sort of looking at where we need to improve, who we need to sell, and potentially transfer targets. Um, just before we leave, um, we will do score predictions for the Palace game as per usual. I don't think any of us, any of us got it right last time for Chelsea. I think no, a few of no. us said 2-1. Yeah, I think me, Chris, Edu said 2-1. Yeah. Uh, we ended up winning, but not by that big of a margin. Uh, so, Ben, I'll start with you first. Um, what are your predictions for Crystal Palace versus Arsenal? 3-1, Arsenal. Yeah, uh, I think maybe. I think I can, I can just conceding. I'd Definitely. be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. We haven't won away at Sellers Park for a while, have we? I don't. I mean, since uh, wait, the last time was when Granite Shepherd scored that. Wait, was it when Granite Shepherd scored that free kick? Or did we even win that game? No, we drew that game. That was the game we drew two two, wasn't it? Yeah, we were two 0 up and we drew two two, and that sort of yeah. the winning run of Emery of however many games. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. But um, yeah, no, I, sorry, just on, on predictions, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. 2-1 Arsenal, yeah. Keep it boring. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll win just for the sake of being different. I'll say 2-0 um, and then we have three different predictions. Um, but I think the form Eze's in, um, I can definitely see him causing us trouble. You never know as a half sort of tends to like playing against us. Sort of Gary Gale or something's going to score. I don't know. Um, that is it for the time being. We will be back. God, we'll have a game Sunday so. Friday, maybe we'll try and yep. be back. Um, uh, review Palace, talk about um, Brighton, um, and then we'll be back after Brighton for end of the season roundup. Some team awards, player awards, season review, um, cry that we haven't 
finish the Europa League. Um, <laughs> we'll see. You never know. We could win these next two. But we will be back uh, soon. Thank you for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, everything we normally ask of you. Uh, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.